going on, KH Nation? Your boy Kendrick Gray, the Dreadlock Blur here, Black with another Dreadlock Blur weekly wrap-up. As, of course, this is a special one, actually. This is what I'm calling my superhero spectacle. I gotta find some better names for these things. Um, If you guys have any better names for the titles of my um, special videos and stuff, please shoot them my way so I can, like, add them in there because superhero spectacle sounds very 1980-ish, but... Um... As my title suggests, I'm going to be covering a couple of different shows that I've watched over the past couple of months, really, that I actually didn't really get a chance to talk to. Um, of course, I'm going to be covering, you know, Raising Dion, excuse me, Raising Dion Season 2. I'm going to be covering Peacemaker Season 1. Um, the Boys Diabolical, which dropped last Friday. Um uh, unknown hit on Netflix, which I got reminded of, which is um something new called The Guardians of Justice. And then, of course, we're going to end off with this stream with um my review, of, my spoiler review of The Batman. So, I mean, I should, again, I've mentioned before, but I'm going to say it here. I don't usually argue this, but I'll do it. This is a complete spoiler-filled stream. So, if you have not watched these things... Please go ahead and go watch them, and you can come back to the stream at any point you want. If you don't care about spoilers, then sit tight and get ready for all the madness. And, of course, if you have watched all these things, then you'll share some of my um, sentiments and stuff. Feel free to jump in the chat and share your thoughts on all these things I'm going to be talking about. Um, I'm going to cover first Raising Dion Season 2, and I'm only covering that first because I meant to do a review of this a while ago. And it totally slipped my mind. In fact, I didn't realize that it was out until it dropped and I was able to binge the whole second season. It was only eight episodes. Um, I mean, the, the, ser the um, second season dropped on February 1st of this year. So, needless to say, I was a little behind. So, I probably didn't binge it until like towards the end of February, if anything. So, of course... Raising Dion is, of course, a series on Netflix that is based off of the comic book of the same name. Um, it is executive produced by Michael B. Jordan, who also stars in it. Of course, Raising Dion follows the adventures of a young kid named Dion Warren, who has superpowers. He inherited his superpowers from his father, who inherited his superpowers from a weird cosmic storm that happened, I believe, up in the North Pole. Or not the North Pole, somewhere, somewhere to that effect. So, unfortunately, Dion's father, played by Michael B. Jordan, was killed by a character by the name or an entity called the Crooked Man. Season one dealt with um, Dion's mother um, dealing with the fact that her son has superpowers. So she's pretty much trying to figure out how how to raise him. Well, at the same time, dealing with this phenomenon of a kid with superpowers. Um, season one, while season one was good, there were some moments that were kind of tough to get through. Um, the lead character, Josiah Young, who plays Dion Warren, was a bit rough. It was a bit rough in the first season, and understandably so, because he's a kid. Um, I will say this, in this season, he was a lot easier to digest. Um... This season, season two takes place two years after the events of the first season. Um, after dealing with a gentleman by the name of Pat Rollins, who was friends with Dion's father, who ended up inhabiting the um, crooked energy, as they like to call it, uh, they were able to defeat him, of course, and 
you know, go on their merry way. So it took this season two takes place two years after those events. Um, Dion, along with his friends, um, Esperanza, who is the greatest character in this series. Esperanza is the greatest character in this series, and I will not hear anything else. And their other friend, um, they created like a trio. They create like a super team. So he goes out, fights crime, while Esperanza serves as like the Oracle type of character. Um, the dynamic that they set up for this season is actually pretty interesting. We are introduced to a couple of returning characters. Um, Alicia Wainwright returns as Nicole Warren, Dion's mother. Um, Jasmine Simon, Jasmine Simone, Simon returns as Cat Niece. Uh, Sammy Haney, who plays our dearest Esperanza, who has to be protected at all costs. Ali Amber returns as Constance Wu, who was the head of Biona. Um, Griffin Robert Falcon as Braden Mills. Um, we're going to talk about Braden in a few as the review continues. And of course, Josh Ventura as David Marsh. We're introduced to some new characters, of course. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the guy's name, but some of the returning characters, of course, um, Michael B. Jordan as Mark Warren, I'm um, Dion's father. Uh, Gavin Munn as Jonathan King. Um, Jason Ritter returns as Pat Rollins. Pat Rollins returns in this season. Um, we are introduced to a new character by the name of Tevin Wakefield, who is actually a superpowered individual. Um, this season explores more of Biona, and in this instance, they are actually taking in individuals who have superpowers and they're trying to train them or help them understand their abilities um there's a um, new character i believe her name is simone um simone has a she has a very unique power herself and she becomes a prominent character during the later seasons i mean during the late, later on in the season as i mentioned before this season is only eight episodes so um it's it this season was I, th I felt this season was definitely a bit, a step up from his previous season. It was a, definitely a step up. Um, we can see um, the character of Dion starting to mature a little bit more. Um, Brayden, a character that we met towards the end of last season, becomes a focal point in this season and becomes kind of Dion's antagonist. Um, of course, Brayden's power is the power of mental manipulation and stuff and kind of pretty much getting telling getting people to do what he wants he has like he has i forgot the, the actual name of this ability but it's basically a way of like manipulating people's ability to choose or it was it's, it's essentially mind control is mind he has very very strong mind manipulation powers but he's also backed by the power of the crooked man so the crooked man is essentially inhabits him and uses him to grow in strength also, one of the underlying themes or one of the underlying plots in this series is like the spot where the Crooked Man was defeated by Dion left a crater in the ground by their school. Inside that crater is a lot of crooked energy, you know, circulating that area. And essentially anyone who comes in contact with that area be starts to turn into a plant-like, almost swamp thing, kind of like monster. So that... A, that kind of becomes the second plot, you know, element in this season um, to the point where the plant energy actually grows into spores and spores begins to affect all the people all over the, well, at least in the area. Dion's mother actually becomes one of the infected. So the latter part of that season is dealt with her trying to find a cure for her affliction 
and also coming to terms with her possible death and trying to get Dion to understand that she thinks she doesn't have long to live. So the return of Pat is an interesting one because he essentially serves as um, as his way of like atoning for his sins. He helps Biona try to uncover a way to stop the, I guess, essentially the pandemic of these spores that are infecting people. Um, it uh, like a lot of there's a lot of interesting twists and turns in this season. Um, so I enjoyed this a great deal. Um, the season finale was definitely a great one. Um, it ends off with Pat inhabiting or becoming a vessel for the crooked energy again. Um, but not before working on a cure, he creates a serum that is a combination of all these different meta abilities. He takes it into himself and he wakes up with all these different types of powers. I believe he has tele um I believe he had telekinesis and a couple other things as well. And now that he has the a cocktail of all these different powers within his body, the crooked man inhabits it again after leaving Breeden to create like an all-out army. I will say, um, Griffin Robert Faulkner, who plays Braden Mills, I said throughout the whole season, kids who look like Chucky are the devil. And that is just credit to the kid. Like, he plays creepy exceptionally well. Exceptionally well. And just sitting here watching him work, I was like, oh my God. But... I do like the idea that there was a lot of trauma behind what happened to him because again at the end towards the end of season one we saw that he his father was killed by the crooked man so he didn't really have anybody so he minds controls a, a couple and he just uses them as like a, a a cover for parental guardians and such and you know he 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 enacts his plan to try to to, look, to first turn Dion to the dark side, essentially. But then something interesting, which was happened which happened this season as well, is that we discover that Dion just has the ability to create new powers. So, you know, he's constantly creating these new abilities that he can do just by the thought of his mind. Um, the season ends very interestingly. It ends off with a post-credit scene um, where... Pat Rollins as the Crooked Man has essentially taken over. I believe this is Atlanta. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Atlanta. Enigma's gal, what is going on, girly? How is everything? Thanks for tuning in. Um, just here talking about uh raising Dion season two. I don't know if you got a chance to check it out. But as I was saying, you know, the post-credit scene has Pat Rollins as the Crooked Man, who's in his who's decked out in his crazy supervillain outfit and has a, like a legion of machines behind him i think he's pretty much laid way almost laid almost complete waste to atlanta and he's getting ready to close his campaign out and flying in comes dion but he's a much older dion i'd say like late teens maybe early 20s i forget the um superhero name he created for himself but that's what he calls himself. And like he came in flying. And it, le it leaves you it leaves a lot to the imagination because then you wonder, is this a time jump? Did they time jump? Because in that scene, Pat Rollins didn't look older. He looked pretty much the same. You know, there's a lot of speculations going on. Like, was that a time jump? 
um, did is this a Dion from the future? You know, this is like an older Dion who came in to stop, you know, Pat Rollins. We don't know, but season three tends to be interesting. Um, I am still also leaning towards the idea that um, Dion's father, Mark Warren, is actually alive. Um, one of the scenes, I believe, in the opening of season two was when we, when they defeated the crooked, the crooked Man. You know, they were showing, like, certain individuals escaping. One of those individuals was Mark Warren. So, I'm very, I'm, I'm, like, I'm very interested to see where season three goes. Um, like I said, season one was rough. So, season one was a little rough. And it really was just kind of how the things were written, where the direction was going. Season two, I think, is a major step up. As far as story and narrative is concerned, I think season two is a major step up. The cliffhanger or the post credit scene is definitely one that can get you kind of hyped for what season three is going to bring. But as these kids get older, I believe they're... I, I remember joking with my fiance that, like, you know, if, season, if there is going to be a season two, we have to do a major time jump because some of these kids, are specifically Dion, and this is no... And this isn't a discredit to the kid because he was just acting the way he was supposed to act. But it was rough. It was really rough. Um, like I've mentioned before, and I'll say it again, Esperanza has to be protected at all costs. I am still under the impression that she has a superpower herself. We just don't know what it is. There was literally one scene during season two where Braden was trying to mind control, you know, the kids around him, specifically Esperanza, and Esperanza just wasn't taking. It was like, you know, you know, like Braden was like, don't you hear me in your head? Like Esperanza was like, I hear you. I'm just not listening. And then it was like that. I'm not, and like that for me, just said, if I like Esperanza has to have a superpower of some kind. We've kind of thought about that in season one. But now with in this season, it's like you, 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 you got to wonder what what underlying power does Esperanza have? She must have something. We just got to figure out what it is. Um, but if I had to rate season two, season two is definitely a 7.5 out of 10. It's definitely a, to me, to me, a pretty decent step forward or a step above season one. Like I said, DM was a lot more tolerable this season. Everybody was for the most part. There are still some things that are still a little bit tropey and all that. But aside from that, I liked it. Um, one of the best highlights of season two was a lot of the female scientists that came onto the scene to solve the issue. And it's like, I, I, I need more women scientists, especially black women scientists in TV. I, I, I need more of this. We, we need more of this. So let's try to make that a thing more because they came in and got right to work. I'm really hoping we get more of um, I'm forgetting the character's name, but the young lady with powers, I'm, I hope we get more of her. Her mother was killing me the whole season. I'm like, what are we even doing? Like, what is going on? But I hope we get more of her. I hope they create some kind of little core unit of a team. Um, Tevin, um, essentially, um, Dion's trainer and, um, Dion's mom's new love interest. I definitely think we're going to see more of him. His power is very interesting. Plus, he's pretty good eye candy for the ladies, so I'm def he's definitely going to return. So we'll, we'll see what Season 3 is going to bring. Hopefully, we don't have to wait two years for Season 3 because Season 1 dropped in 2019. So it's just like, 
I, I totally didn't realize like it we really laid it that long for season two. Like it really was like two years. So and I understand pandemic and all that stuff, COVID notwithstanding and all that stuff, that got in the way. But you know, hopefully we don't have to wait another two years for a season um three. But those are my thoughts on raising Dion season two. Um, you can of course let me know what you think. Um, Enigma's girl. Um, if you get a chance, if you get a chance, give it a watch. Just, just, just give it a watch. Um, you might enjoy it. You might not. Um, I will say probably start with season one. Definitely start with season one to get an idea. Um, but if not, you can probably just jump into season two. You'll probably, I mean, you can, you can always just watch a recap, essentially. I mean, they do a recap in the beginning of season two anyway, so you can do that. It's right on Netflix, guys. So if you haven't checked out Raising Dion, go check it out, you know. But those are just my thoughts on Raising Dion season two. Uh, let me know what you thought. Now, if you've watched it, let me know what you thought about it. What were some of the highlights? What were some of the lowlights? Who are some of your favorite characters? Again, Esperanza has to be, has to be protected at all costs. I'm gonna I'm going to die on that hill. I, I'm going to die on that hell. She has to be protected at all costs. So those are just my thoughts on, you know, Raising Dion Season 2. You guys let me know what you think in the comment section below or just send me a message and we'll continue to have a discussion about that. Moving right along, we're going to... Oh, my God, I didn't think, realize this thing was on. Um, Moving right along from Raising Dion, we're going to jump into the next super superhero spectacle. We are going to be talking about... Peacemaker season one. I know I kind of touched on it, or I touched on the season finale in my last weekly wrap up, but I never actually got to really do a full on review of Peacemaker, which is, of course, a follow up to The Suicide Squad created, well, written and directed by James Gunn. Um, James Gunn wrote all the episodes and he directed some of them. He definitely directed, like, I believe the last two episodes of this season. Uh, this was an, another eight episode um, series on HBO Max, and of course stars John Cena as Christopher Smith, aka Peacemaker, who after the events of the Suicide Squad wakes up in his hospital, and he is basically tasked with another mission to stop a project which is known as Project Butterfly. He's joined by characters by the characters named Harcourt, um, Adebayo, who happens to be Amanda Waller's daughter. Um, Economos returns from the from the Suicide Squad, and um. They are also joined by um, another character who acts as their liaison between, I guess, Amanda Waller and them. While they are not exactly a Suicide Squad type of team, it's essentially kind of Suicide Squad light. Essentially, that, that's the best way I can put it. This series was amazing. Peacemaker is an amazing series, and I didn't know... I had no idea I was going to get invested into it like I was. Like, after, like, the first season, I mean, after the first episode, I was just like, okay, I'll check this out. But then, like, after the first episode, like, I can't wait for the next episode. Like, I got super invested in this series. And and I'm pretty sure you've heard a lot of people say it before, but um, I'm going to say it right here also. I think this is the absolute best direction for DC to go right now. I know we got the Flash movie coming. Um, the Batman just dropped, and I'll get to that. Um, let's see. Um, Aquaman 2 is coming. 
Black Adam's finally coming, you know, so there's a lot of things getting ready to drop. Black screen problems, oh man. That, 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 doesn't sound, that doesn't sound delightful at all. Um, from the opening theme song, do you do you want to taste it? Like, like, which has captured the world by storm, especially the dance number by the cast, by the cast members. Um, every character, every character in this in this series was great. Every character, you know, John Cena as Christopher Smith's Peacemaker is phenomenal. He he. He he found his niche. He definitely found his niche. Um, I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen the Marine. I've seen John Cena's The Marine. That was like his literal first movie. I've never seen Twelve Rounds. Um, I don't do fan, Fast and Furious franchise. I don't do that anymore. I saw Fast Five, and that was as far as I went. That, that's as far as I went. Um, but. You know, just, 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 this is, he, he brought so much to this character that was very interesting. Like, he definitely added layers to a character like Peacemaker, who is essentially a piece of shit. <laughs> Peacemaker is a, a racist, homophobic piece of shit. And it came from his father, who happens to be Robert Patrick, who happens to be the White Dragon, a known racist asshole like it, it like the layers that get peeled back for peacemaker in this and just in the first season itself is very great storytelling like each character has something unique about them you know we got again Adebayo who is the daughter of Amanda Waller the head of Argus you know so her her character arc in this was very interesting because she 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 felt completely out of place doing things like this because she had no idea what she was getting into but by the end of the season like she definitely earns her place on the team freddie stroma as adrian chase vigilante is fucking hilarious he is one of the best he's one of the aside from john cena he's one of the highlights of the season of the series like like he's he's a completely detached you know I guess you can call him um, sociopathic, maybe. I guess, but like he—he's devoid of emotion. He's completely devoid of emotion and of social cues. Like, think of, think of um, Sheldon Cooper, but with the ability to kill. Think about it like that, with the ability to kill. You know, uh, like the the, the dance. The, it, it's it's like like as. I'm, I'm probably one of the, I mean, I know probably a fan, like, well, I know a lot of people that didn't skip out on the intro to Peacemaker. The intro is fantastic. Um, you got Mum, who, um, Mum, who was the, um, liaison, who ended up being an actual butterfly. Th- that story within itself is just in- insane. You know, we got Harcourt, who starts out as, like, this is tough as nails, no nonsense, doesn't want to get in touch with anybody, body, and she's, like, she founds, she finds a place in a small little family with this team. You know, Economos, who's like always the butt of the jokes in this season. He's, he steps up and becomes a major, you know, character in this. Um, just some of the other um, low-key characters. Um, Adebayo's wife. Judo Master. Judo Master was fantastic. The dude spent literally the whole season just 
kicking people's asses and eating flaming hot Cheetos. Like, I want more of Judo Master. I want to see more of him. And because of the fact that he's not dead, there's a big chance that we'll get we'll get to see more of Judo Master in the next season. Because I think before the season finale dropped, it was already green. Peacemaker was already green the first season, too. Already greenlit. Um, just every, everything about this. Um, Judo Master's react. Judo Master is... Like literally every character in this in this series was great. They were well written. They were well acted. They were they like like they they all had a place in this series. They all had a place in the series. And and um, it, and it's interesting to me, especially given the super awesome cameo that comes at the end towards the end of the um season finale where Superman, the Flash, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman all make an appearance, you know, after the fight is already over with, after they already solved the conflict. And, like, the fact that that Peacemaker just curses them the fuck out. He's like, you're late, you fucking dickheads. And then he tells Aquaman, go fuck another fish, you asshole. And then it's actually Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller standing there. And it's like, you know, Aquaman is like, I really fucking hate that rumor. And then flashlight, that's not a rumor. And then he's like, fuck you, Barry. And it's like, and we, like, don't be surprised if we start seeing shirts that says, fuck you, Barry, on them real soon. Don't be surprised. You know, of course, it wasn't Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and it wasn't Henry Cavill as Superman. They were stand ins, but either way. And I do understand that, um, you know, Batman and Cyborg were supposed to be in that cameo as well. Um, but, you know, maybe they'll re-edit it or something, deep fake it or something like that. Um, but, like I said, just peeling back the layers. Like, and, and Nigga, Ms. Girl, you're right. Just peeling back the layers. Um, this, this is a spoiler. This is a, All of these are spoiler reviews in Nigga, Ms. Girl, so don't even worry about it. Like, anyone watching is fully aware that their spoiler is going to be flying all over the place. So don't even trip. Don't even trip. But, um, you know, just the stuff that stuff with his father, you know, realizing that, you know, he accidentally killed his brother and his father just blames him for it. But not also being a racist, you know, piece of shit, you know, and that he's everything he's been doing. He's been trying to get the approval of his father. But, you know, at the end of the end of the day, he had no other choice and he ends up killing him. But now. His father's his father's literally living rent free in his head, so that's going to be very interesting dynamic in season two. I can't wait to see how that's going to play out. But you know, the but just the way the season ended, you know, Adebayo outing his outing her mother and out out you know outing you know the Suicide Squad, Task Force X, Argus, and all that stuff. The ramifications for that are going to be interesting and. Whatever, whatever remnants we have of a shared universe or the DCEU is going to be very interesting, interesting to see. Um, you know, I mean, like the main butterfly, um, Goth, that main butterfly is still alive. You know, there's still a lot, there's probably still a lot more butterflies that are left alive also. So the fallout from this, from this, um, 
case is going to have some extreme ramifications throughout the second season of Peacemaker. We, we, we don't know else is where this is going to stretch in the rest of the DC extended universe. If it does stretch it to the DC extended universe, we don't know. So, um, but either way, the, the, like the heart in the season was great. The humor is top notch. The humor is top notch in Peacemaker. It's fantastic. The rants that Peacemaker goes on about anything from the rant to Economos about who he could have framed instead of him for, you know, the, for murder and sending his father to jail or the argument that he gets into with his old neighbor about why Batman is such a horrible hero. It's like this show was doing things for me that I didn't know I needed. And I'm glad we got it. Um, uh, uh, okay, his Twitch app is being funky. Yeah, it, 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 Twitch is kind of rough. Twitch can be kind of rough, but I thank you for jumping in on this, though. Like, definitely thank you. Um, um, feel free to jump in at any time. You know, I'm always the door is always open for guests to come through. But um, other than that, as well as Eagly being the mo the greatest superhero pet ever, Eagly is awesome. Um, aside from that, I give this, this season's a 10 out of 10 for me. I, I love Peacemaker. I can't wait for season two. Like, I had no idea I would fall in love with such a series about a character that I knew nothing about, but I can't wait for season two. And th th this is, this is John Cena's crowning jewel, essentially. Like, this, this, this character is him. He was made for this character. He was made for Peacemaker. It, like, it, it's... There's so many more layers to explore with Peacemaker's, you know, subconscious and his psyche. There's so much things we can do. And hopefully some more, some other characters from the DC universe make their way into this as well. I'd be interested to see. It's like, I'd be interested in seeing a crossover with Doom Patrol, a crossover with the Titans, if anything. Maybe not the Titans, but definitely... Are crossing with some of the other DCEU DCU properties that are on HBO Max. I'd love to see this. Hell, have Peacemaker cameo on Harley Quinn. That'd be insane. I'd love to see that. But as I said, Peacemaker is a 10 out of 10 for me. I have no complaints about it. None whatsoever. It's a it's a great series. It is a great series. And those are my thoughts on Peacemaker. Um, let me know what you guys think. If you enjoyed the series, this, if you enjoyed the series so far, let me know. If there's certain things that you don't like, let's get a discussion about it. I'm always up for discussing about these shows. So that's all I got to say as far as you know, Peacemaker. You guys, let me know what your thoughts are, and we'll have a discussion about that. Moving right along, I got a notification. In my email about a series about a new series dropping on Netflix you know I had not heard anything about this series nothing whatsoever I didn't hear a thing but I got the notification I checked my email and I looked at the I looked at the um, thumbnail it's a dude dressed up as a hawk and it's a dude who looks almost like a faux Superman the series was called The Guardians of Justice. And I'm like, okay, I've never heard of this thing before. This is C 
Siam, my dude, what is going on? Peacemaker is bloody fantastic, dude. Um, so I forgot when I got that email. I forgot when I got it, but something told me to give this thing a look, to check this thing out. Just, just, just to get an idea. So I watched the first episode of the Guardians of Justice. And much like Peacemaker, I was sucked in. Like, I I ended up binging the whole season that night. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Guardians of Justice, the series, I mean, each episode wasn't that long. I want to say, like, each, each episode was, like, maybe 25 to 30 minutes. If I'm not mistaken, I'm about to look it up right now. But, you know, it's a very interesting series. It was created, it was written and created by Adi Shankar, um, who's worked on a couple other things too. Um, from the production value. And this is something my fiance said when she walked by the TV. It's like she she thought it was like a YouTube um series or something. She thought this was something on YouTube because the production value of this thing. Leaves a lot to the imagination. It definitely looks like something you would have... I mean, if if I'm going to be honest here, it looks like something you would watch on YouTube. It it almost seemed like a YouTube fan series. But there's a reason for that. There's an absolute reason for that. Essentially, The Guardians of Justice is a... You can almost consider this like an alternate universe version of the Justice League. It's a it's an alternate universe of the Justice League, and essentially, you can pretty much read it in the name of the series, The Guardians of Justice. The season was seven episodes. Each episode was like thirty minutes, you know. So, um, the cast is is um not super star studded, but you got some noble names. Um, Diamond Dallas Page. Gets top billing. He plays the character of Nighthawk, who is pretty much this version of Batman. Um, you have Will Yoon Lee, who plays Marvelous Man, who is this version of Superman. You have other different characters. Um, you know, you have the characters such as the Speed, who is this version of the Flash, and is a girl. You have um Awesome Man, who is almost who is pretty much like Shazam in this world. Um, just trying to get the characters like right now. Um, you have characters like Black Bow, which is pretty much like, uh, the Green Owl, essentially. Um, Denise Richards stars in this show. She plays Laura Lang, basically Lois Lane. Um, you have a character by the name of, um, like I said, um, Jane Seymour plays a character by the name of Addison Walker, who is essentially Amanda Waller. Um, you have a character by the name of, um, Golden Goddess, who is essentially Wonder Woman. Um, John Hennigan, who you may know as, um, John Morrison from WWE. He plays a character by the name of Red Talon, who was pretty much a mashup of Red Hood and Nightwing. You know, he was the, he was Nighthawk's first, um, first sidekick. Um, trying to look at all these other characters we got up here, um. Yeah, Derek Mears plays Awesome Man. Um, Charlie Vincent plays the Speed. Um, like, 
there's a counterbind in the name of like teleport like it's, it's it's a very very interesting series and essentially the series is about like the open like the first episode it talks about how world war three was happening and you have and the character of marvel's man came to earth after his home planet of caltron was destroyed and he comes to Earth, and he ends World War II. He creates a worldwide ceasefire. World War III is ended, and you know he becomes the he becomes the hero. He becomes the hero of the planet. Um, in fact, Ali Shankar plays Logan Lockwood, who was this version of Lex Luthor. Um, Max Adler plays Samson Steel. Um, I'm looking for the character who was supposed to be like. Um, the daggone, um, the Aquaman of this universe, um, but it's, it's, it's a, it is, a, it's, a, it's, 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 I almost want to call this like a Justice League fever dream, like, the Guardians of Justice is like a Justice League fever dream, so, getting back to the plot, essentially, I'm getting spoilers ahead, if you guys didn't know already, so, after, you know, Marvelous Man comes to Earth. He, you know, he does his hero thing. He establishes it as a force for good. He he meets a young version of Nighthawk, and they form a team up. And then eventually they create the Guardians of Justice, which is pretty much the Justice League. This this takes place. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, then Ken, you can probably help me out. But I believe the tape the time frame of this this is back like back in like the early, late '80s, early '90s or something like that. You know, Christopher Judge plays the president of the United States. Um, if I'm, I'm trying to, yes, in fact, they made um, I think the character's name was Sepia Spider. Like Ken just mentioned that you know they threw a Spider-Man character in there. I don't know. His name was Sepia Spider, and he was like friends and worked with um Red Talon. You know, um, trying to find other trying to find other cast members in here you know like you know that that was interesting even the suit like a suit looked like um i'm forgetting that version of spider-man that had like a it was almost an armored suit but not but it wasn't like the iron spider-man suit something like that um you know i mean they don't they don't have like a super full cast here but um yeah christopher judge played the president of the united states and that dude was crazy. Everybody was crazy in this show. You know, the main the main focus of the series essentially is Nighthawk trying to figure out why Marvelous Man killed himself. Cause, like, you know, in the first episode, you know, basically, I guess Marvelous Man has reached the point where it's like he couldn't take it anymore. So he decides to off himself, you know. Uh, Logan Lockwood creates a Caltronite bullet, the only thing that can penetrate him, so he shoots himself with it. So the the mystery continues on, and Nighthawk is trying to figure out why, you know, Marvelous Man would kill himself. But at the same time, there is a faction um, going to war, which is very similar to a faction by the name of Anubis, which is not that dissimilar from, you know... Markovians or Bialia in the DC universe. 
So they're creating war around the world, and the Russians are getting involved, and soon it comes to a point where nukes are about to get dropped. As Nighthawk continues his investigation, he uncovers a lot of things. You know, we found out that you know, Marvelous, Marvelous, Marvelous Man was married to Laura Lane, but they had some issues. She was cheating on him with the guy who was pretty much like the Aquaman of this universe. Um, we found out that essentially Marvelous Man was gay. He was in a relationship with a villain, actually, a person who has the power to control control minds. One of the biggest plots is that the person that he was having a, a relationship with, he he killed him on camera because he found that that character was mind controlling him to do bad things. So it's a lot of definite, you know, undertones to this stuff racial sexual undertones in this thing um the speed was almost essentially the only logical character again diamond dallas page impressed the hell out of me you know and i'm and i don't believe he's done any other acting um type of um jobs aside from wrestling being a wrestling entertainer you know, I'm checking his IMDb right now. I don't think he's done too many other acting things. But, oh, yeah, I, for, I, for, I keep forgetting Diamond Dallas Page is a Jersey boy. He's from Point Pleasant, New Jersey. I keep forgetting that. But, no, he was in The Devil Re he was in the Devil's Rejects. He was also in Hood of Horror. Um, But other than that, you know, Diamond Dallas Page wasn't in a lot of things. I guess he's in a lot of things getting ready to come out. But, yeah, you know, no, Dark Side of the Ring, you know, but, like, you know, this right here, the Guardians of Justice is definitely his one of his breakout roles. The, the like he he basically he plays Batman. He plays a Batman who reaches a point where essentially this like he does what Batman wishes he could do. Essentially, he does what Batman wishes he could do. He cre he creates. A global army by taking the junkies that are off the street and turning them into soldiers. He creates a world army that controls the world. And you know, there's a there's a subplot where Awesome Man is pretty much starting a relationship with the speed, but we find but turns out that Awesome Man was working with Nighthawk because as we later find out in the final episode of the season. Awesome Man is actually Little Wing, Nighthawk's jump um kid sidekick. He's Little Wing, you know, and it's like, dude, this is this is insane. Like there was there were so many twists and turns in this series that it was like like it, it you you can't help but be invested in this season in the series. Like I had no idea I was gonna enjoy it, but again, much like Peacemaker, I ended up really liking it a lot. Like, I don't know if we're going to get a season two. I don't know what they can do. You know, um, I, I really don't know what they can do from this point. But um, it, it, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very, very interesting series. Like I said, it's, it's literally like a Justice League Batman fever dream. You know, um, just, I mean, presentation-wise, again, it kind of looks like something you would probably see on YouTube. It almost looks like a YouTube web, web series or something like that. But that's kind of 
what makes it endearing that is not like a super high production value series like Jupiter's Legacy, you know, and I actually found Jupiter's Legacy to be kind of interesting. The first and only season, of course, is a bit of a drag because there's some parts in this, there's some episodes in the season of Jupiter's Legacy that I was like, okay, we kind of need to move this thing along here. But I was, I was nonetheless invested in where the series was going. You know, I'm I'm still watching Super Crooks. I haven't finished Super Crooks yet, so I'm still finished. I'm still watching Super Crooks. I kind of took a long break from that, so I'm gonna try to get back into Super Crooks at some point. But no, this this was this was a hell of a series, a, a hell of a series. Um, I I honestly don't know where to go from here as far as on the Guardians of Justice. Like honestly. I, I can't even really give this a rating. This is just one of those things where it's like, you got to watch it. If you're a fan of comic book, any anything type of comic book media, watch it. Just watch it. You know, you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. But it doesn't hurt to check it out at the very least. It doesn't hurt. So at the most, you get to see a diamond cutter. DDP does a diamond cutter just as Nighthawk. He does a diamond cutter. If you if you just watch it just to, if you just watch it just to see a diamond cutter of a guy dressed in a Batman like costume, just watch it for that. But I honestly think you might enjoy the Guardians of Justice. Like I might watch it again. Honestly speaking, I really might watch Guardians of Justice again just to pick up on certain things that I might have missed. But if we do get a season two, and I don't know where they can go with a season two, but if we do, I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch a second season of the Guardians of Justice. It was it was interesting. It was very interesting. Um Yeah, so those are my thoughts on Guardians of Justice. If um if you've watched it, I know Kim, you watched it, and we've talked a little bit about it earlier. But if you've watched it, let me know what your thoughts are on the Guardians of Justice. If you haven't watched it yet, please go check it out. If you have Netflix, you can watch it right now. If you don't, Borrow somebody's Netflix password and just check it out. Even for that, it 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 might interest you. It'll definitely shock you, but it might interest you. Like I was, I, like I literally spent a lot most of the season just picking out certain characters who were, you know, copies of that. Like like Ken mentioned, you know, there is Sepia Spider who is pretty much Spider Man. You know, I was looking for, you know. If they were like any gonna be any more teen heroes to pop up, you know, I was I was looking for that, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. You know, they didn't really delve into like Nighthawk's rogues gallery, so that'd be interesting to see that they could do something like that. Although there was a character in here by the name of Mister Smiles who's supposed to be like the Joker, and what they did with him is interesting because essentially. Basically, what they what they pretty much lose it was like Nighthawk pretty much bankrolls a lot of these ventures, like even the criminal ones. He bankrolls a lot of them, so he has someone to fight. You know, it's all the show, it's all the game for him, and it's like, damn, that's insane. It's it's a crazy story, man. It's really crazy. So definitely go check out on the Guardians of Justice if you can. Um, I haven't watched a lot of reviews on it. I don't know if a lot of people watch it, but I'm gonna watch a lot of reviews later on. You guys let me know what you thought. If you've watched it, let me know what you thought. If you didn't watch it, please go check it out. 
Um, Kim, I imagine you're going to talk about this on the next Wake and Hate podcast. So, but I I thoroughly enjoyed the Guardians of Justice, and if there's going to be more from this universe, I'm all for it. I am definitely all for it. Moving on to again more TV related stuff. Um, Guardians of Justice, I believe, dropped Thursday night. Friday night, The Boys presents Diabolical dropped on Amazon Prime. The Boys Diabolical, which is of course a series of, is a is a pretty much an animated anthology series comprised of different animated shorts that take place within the Boys universe. Um, they are done by different artists. Some of them, a couple of them, were anime style. Um, a couple of them, you know, one was done in the Rick and Morty style. Um. This 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 is a good layover until season three of the boys. A great layover. Like um we got like one episode covered how when pretty much um Homelander became the main guy for Vought Company. Um there's a there's a there's an episode that was done in the Rick and Morty style which had characters that were pretty much essentially given up by their parents because they thought you know, Compound V would turn them into profitable superheroes, and it didn't. They developed powers that weren't really that marketable, you know. There's a character that had mutated that had boobs on his face. There was one who had whose head turned to be good. There was one the main episode centered around a girl who essentially became like a translucent entity. Like her nickname was Ghost. You know, so she could face through things, but the thing is that she's still alive. So she still feels things. She still feels things like hunger and things. things she still feels like normal bodily things. She just can't do them. She can't eat. She can't do anything. So I thought that it was always interesting. There was a one forward girl who was voiced by Aquafina, who takes Compound B and ends up farting out a little um, sentient deuce. Like she she farts out a sentient shit and she finds out she has the power to animate feces. She can she like literally like reanimate feces. It's it was the craziest thing. It was really the craziest thing. The deep makes a cameo in that episode. That was cool. Um there is one where Billy Butcher and Huey show up and um they confront a drug dealer who supplies drugs to all the supers. Um, they dealt with this one super who was voiced by, um, damn, Michael Sarah, who was voiced by Michael Sarah, who essentially can fly really fast, but he gets, he got so hopped up on this drug that he eventually flew into another superhero and just blew up. Like, again, it's a great layover until season three. Like, if you're a fan of the boys like I am, then you will definitely enjoy Diabolical. You know, each episode is very unique. And the episodes aren't that long. They're like 15, 13 to 15 minutes long. Each animated short, they're literally animated shorts. There was one, or there's one that was kind of heart-wrenching, but kind of heartwarming too. Like, it's a, about an Asian couple. This guy steals Compound V because he works at Va. He steals Compound V to, to save his wife who's dying of cancer. He gives her the Compound V, but it ends up mutating the cancer to becoming sentient and essentially looking for living material to feed off of she inherits powers as well but she goes out to fight the cancer and it, it it was sad but it, it was that was a dope episode that was a dope one um a lot of the episodes were actually really good a lot of the episodes were really good like there was like 
It's eight episodes. It's eight episodes, and they're all short. It's a quick watch, guys. It's, it's, it's a quick watch. You know, you can watch it within an hour and a half, maybe even less than that, maybe 45 minutes. Really, they're, they're not that long. They're really not that long, you know, so I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I definitely can't wait for season three of The Boys. You know, I think it's going to be very promising, but this was a good little layover and a good tie-in to The Boys universe. So definitely, I would recommend you check it out if you haven't checked it out already. You know, it's, an, it's a quick binge, really, so you can definitely give that a look, so... Let me know what you think about The Boys Die Ball Game. If you enjoyed it, you know, if you didn't, what were some of your favorite episodes? Um, what, did, what do you wish you would have seen more of? What do you wish? So let me know in the comment section below and we can get that discussion going. Now for the final part of my superhero spectacle. We caught the Batman last night. We watched it and I will say I enjoyed it. Um, I left up. A small review from right from coming out of the theater last night um and i'm just gonna expand from those sentiments right from there again i thought the pacing of the movie was great i do feel like some time probably could have been shaved off where i couldn't really tell you right now i'd probably have to go watch it again to give you a better idea of where certain points of time could have been shaved off but Everything from the aesthetic of how Goth this Gotham City looked, which pretty much looked like New York, of course. Um, from the coloring, you know, there wasn't too many, like, sunny days. There weren't any really sunny days like that. You know, everything was kind of either at dawn or at dusk and at night, you know. I like the atmosphere that was created for this Batman. Like, you know, like I said in my right of the Hero review, like, this is pretty much a story of a relatively green Batman still. This is year two. This is pretty much his second year as Batman. So, this movie definitely takes inspirations from the long Halloween. And I will definitely say it takes a lot of inspiration from Batman Earth 1. Uh, Batman Earth 1 is a small, limited comic book story. Um, they came out back in the mid-2000s. Um, this was back when DC was printing out its Earth-1 um, story. You had Earth-1 Superman, Earth-1 Batman, Earth-1 Wonder Woman, and they even had the Earth-1 Teen Titans. I believe I have that one. As well as Earth-1 Green Lantern. You know, so this is like almost like a reboot kind of source of sorts of um the traditional dc superheroes so it definitely takes a lot of inspiration for that um i have both volumes of batman earth one um and this almost kind of really plays into it like even from the way the characters how the characters act to even the characters that are in the movie um the penguin plays a prominent role in the batman earth one story so and he almost looks almost as much as he does in this movie the makeup job for Colin Farrell is fucking fantastic. Like you, you like, like we all saw when the pictures got released. Like you would have never thought that was him. <laughs> so they've done a great job. I think Robert Pattinson does a great job as the Batman. Um, and I guess one of the other things I really enjoyed about this was the fact that it was a lot more Batman in this. There wasn't too many Bruce Wayne scenes in this movie but the bruce wayne scenes that were there were just enough it was definitely a lot more batman in this and this movie definitely showed a batman who is like who hasn't really engaged you know 
the supernatural aspect of his persona. You know, being, you know, it's, it's not like Batman Begins, where they kind of jumped into it, you know, like, you know, Batman Begins, you know, Bruce Wayne trains with Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassin, League of Shadows, you know, so he learns about theatricality and deception. You know, in this movie, it's pretty much more so like Alfred trained him. Alfred trained him to do that. And in the comic books, that also happens well. Alfred trained him in the art of theatricality and things like that. You know, he learned all these different forms of martial arts. Like, but I mean, like this Batman, this Batman doesn't really seem like he's super well versed in a bunch of different martial arts styles. Now, granted, the Dark Knight trilogy's fight style, I've never been a fan of. Like, if I if I had one gripe with the Dark Knight trilogy, was the fighting style they gave Batman. Again, we're talking about a character that's traveled all over the world, learning different various forms of martial arts, and the best y'all can give him is a couple of like elbow thingies and whatever the hell you know i've never been a fan of the five star they gave the batman in the dark knight trilogy you know this one seems a little bit more for me believable for this type of batman you know this batman he i don't think he threw a kick i don't i don't think he really threw i i mean you guys can let me know but i don't think i really ever i ever saw robert pattinson's batman throw any type of kicks his was just all hands he was really like all hands, and I like the attitude that they gave him. That he was he was pretty much just moving like a guy who didn't give a shit, you know. Like other Batman movies, you know, the first Batman with Michael Keaton, you know, he took direct shots, but like it was body armor, so that's why he was able to. And that added to this mystique, like he can't be killed, you know. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy, you know. They gave us a scientific explanation behind it. You know, his suits were, you know, you know, Morgan Freeman's um Lucius Fox said, like, you know, these things can take anything, anything except from a except, uh, anything other than a street shot. Like a point blank shot to the body, you know, the suit can't take, but it can take everything else. You know, it can stop knives, all that stuff. Um, you know. The DCEU, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, he, I mean, his cowl was pretty well protected. He took a shot to the head and it bounced off. So it might be safe to say that Ben Affleck's Batman was essentially bulletproof, but, you know, Robert Pattinson's Batman was taking straight point blank shots to the body and not going down like full on shots to the body, you know, like, so he was definitely moving like a guy that didn't care about his own life. And he even said in the movie, you know, I don't care if I live or die. I don't care. You know, so it's definitely one of those things where it's like, this is a Batman who's kind of unhinged, but he does have a mission. You know, I, I, I did enjoy the fact that they get, he had voiceover. I enjoyed that he had voiceover. Like, the movie opens up with a voiceover, like, you know, such and such date, you know. I don't know if I'm, if, I don't know if what I'm doing is the right way, but I know it's having some type of effect. You know, the fear is a tool, things like that, you know. Um... Um, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon was great. I thought he was pretty decent. I thought he was pretty good. Um, I definitely feel like, um, Gary Oldman's Gordon had a lot more to do in the Dark Knight trilogy. But again, this is only the first movie in this series. So we'll see what happens. You know, he's a lieutenant now, but much like, you know, in the Dark Knight trilogy, he could probably get commit, promoted to, to um, commissioner. The corruption amongst the police department, the GCPD and politicians in this movie is very high, you know. Uh, John Turturro plays Carmine Falcone. 
which I thought was pretty good. Um, he does a great job. Um, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle was great. You know, we live in a time where now, like, people want to get butthurt about certain things. Oh, certain characters are portrayed. Like, there's no, like, you got to remember. We live in a time where things can literally be explained off in a, as a, being in a different universe. And I think even some filmmakers and even God to say that, like, you can consider this being part of a different universe. And that's pretty much where we are. Like, it can be considered something, a different universe, you know, like an Elseworlds story. Like, I look at this as an Elseworlds Batman. This is an Elseworlds Batman story, you know, so. But everything about this, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the visualness of this movie. The music is beautiful. Like, I've been blasting um, uh, the Batman theme all day today <laughs> through my earbuds. Um, words, what is going on? Um, I've been blasting it all day. I feel like um, this, was, this was a nice little way. This, this was a nice little side story for the Batman. I wouldn't mind seeing more from this universe. I definitely wouldn't sign me mind seeing more of this universe. So... I believe there's a talk that um the Batman a, a, a sequel to the Batman is probably going to be green is going to be is, is has been greenlit so we're probably going to be getting that real soon. Um, Paul Dano as the Riddler was great, <laughs> but I, I remember towards the end of the movie where he's live streaming and I'm like he's making his content creators look bad, <laughs> but it worked it worked in this universe like this universe was interesting because it's like it's clearly present day. Like, this clearly takes place in present day, but, like, it's almost like Batman or Bruce Wayne was working with, like, older technology that didn't look... It was, it was very... It was kind of crude, almost. It wasn't as, like, sleek as it was in, like, you know, like, the Dark Knight trilogy or even previous Batman movies or even, you know, Batman v Superman or, you know, Justice League. It wasn't as sleek as that, but it was definitely... It was it definitely worked. Um, the Batmobile in this was great. A nice muscle car that was like super enhanced. That chasing, that chasing was phenomenal. It was very action packed. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there wasn't too too many action scenes in this movie. I mean, the movie opens up with him, you know, the bat signals in the sky, and much like the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, the bat signal is a warning to let people know that he's out there, he's doing stuff. You know, there. Um, it was it was it was just. This universe was interesting. It was very interesting indeed. Um, I like the fact that Bat Robert Pattinson didn't like create like a full on Batman voice. He just like he spoke very low. He spoke very low. Like he didn't like really raise his voice. I mean, the only time he raised his voice was when he was talking with the Riddler, which is another great interrogation scene, by the way. That's a very great interrogation scene. It, it almost rivals the one with the Joker in The Dark Knight. It's a very good interrogation scene, you know. I like it when villains are given a chance to talk and share their points, and the hero just stands, stands there and just listens. I, I enjoyed that a great deal. You know, the, the the super underlying plot to the Riddler's plan was insane. I would have never guessed something like that, but it, it was wild to see. That's why I'm very interested to see what happens if, this, if and when this universe continues. I'd, I'd highly be interested to see what goes next. Um, Barry Coogan who um, also starred in The Eternals, makes a cameo. He start, he ends, and everyone's pretty much, spoilers, everyone's pretty much alluding to him being, being the Joker. Honestly speaking, I don't need the Joker right away. 
And it's not that I don't like the Joker. I love the Joker. But I'm at a point right now. I was like, I'd like to see some other villains get some spotlight. I'd like to see them get get a little bit more more shine. Like I like the fact that they went with the Riddler for this movie. I like that. You know, and a lot of what people are saying is, um, I can believe. You know, I can agree with. You know, this definitely feels like a mixture of Seven. You know, Saw to a degree. Um. Batman, of course, like a whole bunch of different time, you know, crime dramas mixed into it. I could definitely see that. Um, Catwoman's fighting was great. I, I, I definitely see what they did with her. Her fight, fighting was awesome. Um, the final, the final act of the movie was fantastic, and I think, like many of you, I enjoyed the ending. I enjoyed the ending where he real, where like Batman, he monologues and he says like he reels like he's like. You know, he can't just be like a symbol of vengeance. He has to be a symbol of hope and people like that. Because, you know, majority of this movie is been of people either not believing he exists or, you know, the cop, the cops in this movie flat out hate him. The cops flat out hate him in this movie. Like, they don't like the fact that Gordon's working with him and all that stuff. They flat out hate him. But towards the end, he becomes like, he becomes a symbol like he's supposed to be. You know, so I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it a great deal. Um... I would most likely buy this. I think I'll definitely buy this. You know, um, this is probably something I would definitely get on Blu-ray. I would definitely watch it. Um, I would definitely watch it again. Um, I, I I thought it was great. I would definitely love to see more from this universe. Like I said, Matt Reeves does a he did a great job with this. He he definitely knows how to make a film. He did a great job. Um, as far as another villain, who would the next villain be? I mean, this is year two. This is the long Halloween. So, I mean, it's, it, it takes inspiration from the long Halloween. So, the introduction of Harvey Dent wouldn't be that far-fetched. I um, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing him. Maybe he doesn't become Two-Face right away. But the introduction of Harvey Dent would be good. Um, I mean, I know at the end of the movie, um, Selena Kyle, she, she leaves Gotham. So... I'm okay if she, I mean, if a sequel does get greenlit, I'm okay with her not showing up in this, in the second, in the direct sequel, maybe a third movie. If it goes to a third movie, I would, I I wouldn't mind seeing her coming back, but right now, you know, I'm okay with her not showing up. I guess they could do a Joker. They they probably could, but like, it has to be a thing where like the Joker doesn't like, you know, the Joker is able to come back. I mean, the Heath Ledger situation was different, you know, because he passed away, but you know, and I'm pretty sure they would have written him back in into the Dark Knight Rises somehow. But like, you know, someone like, you know, definitely Harvey Dent would be a great addition to a sequel. Um, maybe they can time jump. You know, again, this movie has been two years since he's been the Batman. Maybe we can time jump to like maybe four, maybe four years. He's given given him some time because this Robert, this Bruce Wayne looks very young. He looks very, 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 very young. Of course, you know, so I would imagine that like this person of Bruce Wayne is like in his like late 20s or something like that, you know, but I definitely feel like Robert Pattinson does a great job. I think he did a great job. And, you know, I remember when he was announced as Batwoman, everybody was like losing their shit. I was like, you know what? He might do a great job. I say let him do it. And you know what? He does. He definitely has the chin for it. He, he definitely plays a good younger Batman. Much like how Ben Affleck plays a pretty good older Batman, 
I think Robert Pattinson did a great job as a younger Batman. I I I actually enjoyed his portrayal a lot. Um, I definitely I can't really say which is my favorite. You know, I was there for the entire Dark Knight trilogy. Like from like Batman Begins blew me away. Like I had no idea Batman Begins was gonna be that great. It blew me away. You know so. And I'll admit, I walked into this not really sure how I was going to feel because while I was excited to see this because it's Batman, I wasn't like super, super, super excited to see it. The trailer sold me, don't get me wrong. I was going to go see it anyway, but I was just like, I wasn't like, you know, pissing my pants excited to go see it. But I enjoyed this movie a great deal. I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, all the connections. There, there wasn't too many, and, there, and the crazy part is there wasn't too many Easter eggs either. You know, it didn't allude to a lot of other characters that could possibly appear later on in the series and stuff. So, I appreciated that. I appreciated that. This was a pretty self-contained Batman story. Which is refreshing, because everything is always a connection to something else. Which is not a bad thing either, but... I was okay with the fact that, you know, this wasn't a... You know, sequel baby type of thing, you know... We can get a sequel, or we may not get a sequel. We don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're, getting, we're definitely getting a sequel. That, that's, that's just automatic. We're going to have to get a sequel, but... I enjoyed the Batman. Like I said, my rating is an 8 out of 10. Uh, the Batman is an 8 out of 10. It's definitely a great addition to the Batman mythos as far as movies is concerned. But, you know... What I say is on par with something like The Dark Knight... Possibly, you know, I do think is slightly better than Batman Begins. Only slightly. Like the the Batman Begins did a lot for the Batman character as far as movies is concerned. You know, explained a lot of things about how he got certain tech and all that stuff. So I appreciated that. But just the grittiness of this, of being a real crime drama, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot for that aspect. I enjoyed it a lot for that aspect. So. But, yeah, Bat the Batman, an 8 out of 10, I will definitely buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out on Blu-ray. You know, hopefully there's some, you know, deleted scenes and stuff like that. So, I'd be interested to see that, you know. <laughs> In any case, that's my review for the Batman. You know, I enjoyed it a great deal. I can see why people absolutely love it. You know, I can see why people have their certain gripes with it, you know. But it's definitely a movie that, if you're a Batman fan, if you like superhero movies, give it a look. Definitely check it out. Um... Let me know what you thought about the Batman. I know some of you guys left some comments and you said that you enjoyed the Batman, which is great. So, uh, you guys who are watching this, you know, let me know what you thought about this and you know, we'll get a discussion going. Um, other than that, guys, that pretty much does it for me. I had, I was even going to, I was going to attempt to do this last night after I got back from the movie, but we caught a late show and we caught like an 8.30, we got a, we literally caught like an 8.30 movie and we didn't get home until like about almost 12. So... It wasn't going to happen. You know, we were we were pretty ripe from the day yesterday. So, I did, I definitely said, like, if I didn't do it last night, I would definitely do it tonight. I said, I made that promise that I was definitely going to do it tonight, and I'm glad I did. So, that's going to be that, guys. Um, Post your comments in the comment section below. You know, send me your messages. You know, you can find me up. All my social medias are in the description box. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Snapchat. You can find me wherever you feel comfortable finding me. And we can definitely get this successful. I do have a Discord. 
So if you want to continue the conversation in my Discord, you're welcome to do that also. Um, if you want to keep the conversation going in the comments, that's okay too. This will be up on podcast streaming services, you know, no later than Wednesday. So you can definitely give this thing a listen. Um, and that'll do it for me, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you guys for chatting with me in the chats. This was great. I enjoyed your conversations. Um, definitely get check, this, check these things out. Go ahead, check out Peacemaker if you haven't done so already. Go check out the Guardians of the the Guardians of Justice, if you haven't done so already. Raising Dion Season 2. If you catch, if you caught Season 1, definitely go check, catch Season 2. You might enjoy it better. Um, definitely check out The Boys Diabolical if you're a fan of The Boys. And if you haven't seen The Batman, go see it. Just just go see it. The worst you can do, you know, is maybe not like it. But just just go check it out, guys. Just check it out. In any case, that's going to do it for me, guys. I will catch you guys in the next weekly wrap-up. I'm out. Peace.